Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Hey, tinnitus community, my team of audiologists and I have been working day and night on the ultimate tinnitus guide 2023 edition. Every year, we decide what is the most important information for the tinnitus community to know about, and we put it into a PDF that you can download for free. And in this video, it's going to be a web class that my colleague, Dr. Suzanne May, and I taught to our community live. So watch it for the full expanded version where we answer questions and go into the details. Subscribe to the channel, like this video if this is an important subject for you, and please enjoy the show. The three key takeaways here from tonight's web class. Uh, key number one, you'll learn how to follow a simple tinnitus treatment protocol that most doctors, frankly, don't tell their patients about. And you might have the thought or the perception that treating tinnitus is, is a very complex or hard or technical thing to do. And one of the takeaways here is to show you that that's not always so. That's not so. A key number two here is to learn how habituation, which is a process that your brain can reduce tinnitus with, um, how habituation can be an effective cure for tinnitus. It's clear that tinnitus can improve dramatically. And we say effective cure because there is no surgery or medication that can be used for tinnitus. However, there are treatments, therapies, there are there are practical and functional tools that can help improve the condition. And that's a key point here that there are things that you can do for tinnitus. Key number three, how to get relief from tinnitus in just a few months. This is our goal. This is what we strive for. It doesn't stop there in the first few months because it's often a process that takes time, but to get a significant shift as early as possible, that is what we strive for. And over 80% of patients following these methods show a significant reduction in tinnitus in, le- in that three-month time window. So you might think, oh, this takes too long. There's, there's nothing that will work for me here in the short to midterm future. And I would argue based on our, our data and what we've seen, that's not the case. Those are the three takeaways. We're going to go into the details on those. Other topics that we will cover include causes of tinnitus, COVID-19 and tinnitus, best practices and methods for relief, tinnitus cure research for 2023, and new tribal health data from um, our own team. Let's have an introduction to our presenters tonight. My name is Ben Thompson. I am an audiologist based out of California, San Francisco to be specific. Um, Previously worked at UCSF Health, which is a major hospital in San Francisco. And I've been focused on providing care for tinnitus patients for about six years now. The way that most people probably know me is because I make a lot of YouTube videos about tinnitus. And now um, I will pass it to Dr. Suzanne May, who is an excellent audiologist and tinnitus specialist to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Suzanne May, and I have um, 18 years of experience in the field of audiology, including uh, tinnitus treatment. I've trained in progressive tinnitus management at the Department of Veterans Affairs, and I'm now working at Trouble Health. And as you, most of you know, or maybe don't know, I have tinnitus myself. All of us here are working for a group called Trouble Health and we're independently owned and we have a specialty tinnitus clinic and we work with tinnitus and other sound sensitivities via telehealth. 
Our mission is to give individuals with tinnitus the resources and support they need to live full and productive lives. Approximately 25 million Americans report bothersome tinnitus. Unfortunately, very few receive the best available treatments, and we believe that's unacceptable. Our goal is to change that. Key number one, learning how to follow that simple tinnitus treatment protocol that most doctors, frankly, um, aren't telling their patients about. Let's get into this key here. On the right, you'll see two different graphs. The graph on the top was a survey of 116 individuals where we asked, how likely would you be to recommend your ENT doctor to someone with tinnitus on a scale of zero to 10? On the bottom, you see a graph with 85 responses in our community on a scale of zero to 10. How likely would you be to recommend tribal health to someone with tinnitus? And most of those answers in the bottom are between eight, nine, and 10. Most of the answers in the top are at three, two, one, or zero. So this shows us that ENT doctors, after they provide their medical evaluation for tinnitus, they don't have many resources and it can be very discouraging and uh, lead someone to go on YouTube or Google to find answers for themselves. So most doctors might say, most ENT doctors might say, there's nothing you can do for tinnitus. You'll just have to learn to live with it, try to forget about it. There's no cure. You could try hearing aids. Now, these this is coming from a good place perhaps, but they're just frankly wrong on most of these fronts. There are many things we can do and there are effective treatments out there. That's what we're going to get into today. So if you've heard this from a doctor before, you're not alone and you can still get better with this condition. It's important not to skip these important steps here when you're looking at your options for what to do and learning about um, how to improve tinnitus. So having that medical evaluation by an ENT is important because if there is an underlying disease or medical condition that they find, treatment would be recommended with them. Hearing test by an audiologist measures the inner ear, the cochlea, to see if there's any effect on hearing, as sometimes that test can give us clues about how to, how to better treat tinnitus. Here's an image of the auditory brain, auditory cortex. We're going to get into this in a moment, as well as the global brain system and addressing the three common causes of tinnitus. Dr. Suzanne, would you like to explain in a few sentences your, um, your perspective on, on the relationship between the ear and the brain and how that impacts someone who has tinnitus? So when someone has a problem with their ear or their hearing, typically there's these hair cells in the cochlea that are bent or broken. And when they're bent or broken, they can send a false electrical signal up to the brain. And when it gets to the brain, the brain puts it in a wrong category of danger. And that gets the amygdala, which is your fight or flight survival instinct involved, and then starts to alert your body that, uh-oh, we're in, we're in trouble, when really, in fact, it's not. So it really just comes down to, in a nutshell, that you, we put this in the wrong category, and we need to retrain the brain how to put it in the right category. Thank you so much. And the three most common causes of tinnitus, they all play on this system. They all do work within the same network. The three co most common causes of tinnitus from our research and our understanding are the cochlea, the inner ear, and this would be hearing loss, right? Somatosensory, this can be related to physical issues of the neck, jaw, TMJ, posture, or cardiovascular conditions. And the third, stress-induced, when the brain can sustain a negative reaction to new or potentially threatening stimuli. That's very relevant for tinnitus because the brain is actually categorizing tinnitus as a potentially threatening stimuli. Well, part of our job here is to train and retrain the brain. That is not the case. 
other potential causes may take place. There can be other things like medication, infections, etc. They all have nerve activity in the brain where that is misinterpreted as tinnitus. This image here shows that tinnitus is coming from a globe, what's called a global brain network, meaning that it's not only in the auditory region of the brain, but it's also influenced by the deep emotional center of the brain and the attention of the frontal regions of the brain as well. So for you, this means that we shouldn't treat tinnitus just looking at the ear. We should consider other parts of your brain and body as well. A quick note on COVID-19 and tinnitus, um, certain viruses can affect cells in the inner ear, right? And COVID-19 has been linked to uh, certain ear symptoms like tinnitus, hearing loss, most notably. Um, for some people, this means that co getting COVID can lead to a spike or worsening of tinnitus. And for others, um, it, it may be related to the cause of their tinnitus. There has been some feedback in the community about, about vaccines spiking tinnitus as well. Lifestyle changes from the pandemic may also be a factor. So uh, as part of this 2023 guide, we're trying to put the most up-to-date research and information um, about new trends, COVID-19 definitely being a new and important trend for the tinnitus community. Earlier, we wanted to address how sometimes it may feel like improving tinnitus can be very complicated, a very high tasked and very challenging, right? If my ENT doctor didn't even know how to do it, then how would someone else and how can it be simple? Well, from our experience and our understanding of the research in this field, the combination of these two elements can simplify this treatment and promote the brain's reduction of tinnitus quite well. Suzanne, would you like to comment on your own personal experiences a bit um, as a patient and an audiologist? Yeah. So I had a head injury and I had very loud tinnitus, sounded like a jet engine in my head. And I did have the very much uh-oh experience of, you know, how am I going to deal with this? And it does take a very long time. So I always like to think of it as an injury. And just with any injury to your body, it's going to take time to heal. And there can be setbacks and there can be movements forward, but it's important to remain positive and know that everyone's journey is going to be a little bit different, but it can be done. My tinnitus at this day and age is very soft and in the background and no louder than my laptop fan humming right now. Thank you. So personalized coaching on the left, this is really targeted at getting, getting and breaking up this negative cycle of tinnitus, uh, negative thinking, increased awareness of tinnitus, fear, anxiety, worry, insomnia, sleep. It, it's so important. Like, like Dr. San here just mentioned, um, getting, getting progress, being positive in those areas, um, making, making, making positive movements in those areas is so key and having personalized coaching with an audiologist, potentially with a psychologist, so huge. So that's part of this simplified treatment on the and other I side. Of add the, in mm -hmm, that I had, I did have sound therapy and I did have um, counseling and I did use this combination approach myself. And how loud was your tinnitus at its worst, uh, at, at its worst. Yeah. And its worst was at the very, um, when I was very first injured and I had people actually coming to ask if I was okay. And I actually couldn't hear them talking because of the sound in my head. Then it kind of went down to an eight. And that's where I say I started was an eight. So very loud. I always kind of measured it as like if I was to raise my voice or talk very loud, it was about that level. 
And then over a period of several months, it um, did come down. And that's why we are addressing this here, because not only with our personal experiences have we seen this work, but also our understanding of the research and you know, the professional community as well. So on the, on the other side here, we have sound therapy. Sound therapy, as we can see here in the image, sounds come in through the ear, but they affect other parts of the brain as well with our emotional centers, our attention, concentration. So this is to say that using sound coming in through your system, in through the auditory pathway, yes, it is primarily a sound therapy approach, but it promotes the overall global brain structure to reduce tinnitus um, on all levels. And when we combine sound therapy with the personalized coaching and the one-on-one -on -one support for the anxiety, stress, fear, insomnia, this is how we can simplify this treatment and like we touched on earlier, this is what ENTs need to know when we are in that clinic and the ENT doctor sees a patient who has bothersome tinnitus. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I like about sound therapy is that I would say it not only does it keep our ear busy, but it gives our brain something to compare our tinnitus to. So if the tinnitus is in the bad category, the wrong category, and the sound therapy is in this okay category, it can compare and now relearn how to put the tinnitus in the correct category. Thank you. Hey, this is a quick interruption for today's video to ask you to please check out the full PDF version of this tinnitus guide in the description below. You can download this guide for free and all you have to do is exchange your email address. Every Sunday we do send an educational tinnitus newsletter and you'll be added to that newsletter list in exchange for your email. Now, what do you get out of it? Well, this is an over 20 page guide that includes all the details that we're talking about in this presentation, but it's something that you can keep and reference back to. It also has helpful links of resources and tools to help you manage tinnitus. So please look below. It's new every single year, and this is the 2023 version. Check it out and let me know if you have any other questions. Enjoy the rest of the web class. There's over 200 of us here live, so I want to give a, a shout out to Dr. Garrett here in the chat, doing great work in the Q&A, and I uh, see the chat is very active, so uh, Raymond, Brenda, Dennis, love that you guys are here. Let's continue on here with key number two, then we'll do key number three, and then uh, eventually getting us into sharing next steps. So key number two, we are going to learn how habituation can be what I would argue as an effective cure for tinnitus. It's clear that tinnitus can improve dramatically, as Dr. Suzanne mentioned with her own personal story. If someone told her there's nothing she can do, then now she can tell them they're wrong. Habituation for tinnitus relief. Dr. Suzanne, could you please explain to us what were those important stages of your own habituation, your own reduction of tinnitus? How did your habituation happen over time? And if you could explain habituation to those who are new to the term, that would be great. Habituation is, in simplest turn, it's a lessening of your physical and emotional reaction to a repeated stimulus. So we know the repeated stimulus is tinnitus, and we're trying to reduce our emotions and our physical reaction to that. There's four stages, really. Stage one, I describe as my very first stage of feeling like tinnitus is all-encompassing and kind of smacking you in the face. There's a very high awareness of tinnitus. It's very annoying. You can have frequent worrying and feel very anxious about it. Everyone has a different timeline, so I'm not going to discuss my timeline because I don't want people to get too anxious about their timelines. Stage two, you have some breaks, some pieces of time where you notice, oh, wow, I'm doing better. This is, I didn't have tinnitus for that few minutes there. 
you start returning to activities, acceptance starts to happen. You move into stage three. You have longer times where the tinnitus is less and shorter times where you notice it. Typically, stress or lack of sleep might kind of bring it up, fluctuate it up. It's not causing as much emotional stress. You're doing a lot better. And finally, into stage four, where you rarely notice it, it's kind of in the background. You may notice every once in a while, but when it does happen, again, your emotional reaction to it is, oh, okay, we got this. So um, that is the final stage of habituation. That's the goal, everyone, right? That makes sense to go from wherever you are now, whether that's stage one, stage two, stage three, eventually to stage four. Uh, let us know in the chat, which stage are you in? Just write stage one, stage two, stage three. Or if you're watching this somewhere else, comment below. We've seen it over and over again. Definitely what's important to share, have hope and have the knowledge that other people who have the same type of symptoms as you, as you have improved using professional methods like the ones that we're sharing tonight can only help make this easier and faster, right? Okay, so going back here, just touching on what Dr. Suzanne said as well, is that the uncertainty around tinnitus can cause some to get stuck in the process. Online forums, Facebook groups, tinnitus talk, places where you can go down black holes of over-information on tinnitus can trigger that emotional brain and cause someone to get stuck between the process. Now, as we said earlier, disclaimer, we're not here to say every single person with tinnitus can reach stage four because that's not necessarily true, but a vast majority do. And if you're doing the right things, and if you have the right support, we believe you can. So the brain does habituate, remember, to other sounds as well. The sound of a refrigerator humming in your kitchen, the sound of your own breathing. Every single day, those sounds are always there, but your brain has learned to tune them out so that they don't enter our conscious mind, our thoughts. Essentially, they're not there. And that's what the brain can also do for this constant sound of tinnitus when we train the brain to look at tinnitus as more neutral, like the refrigerator sound, like your own breathing, and less of a harmful threat, like the sound of a snake hissing or the sound of a distant alarm in your home. Let's talk about the essentials here for treating tinnitus, something that Suzanne, myself, Garrett, are focused on every single day. You can see here there's three bullet points, sound therapy, professional counseling, and a holistic approach to tinnitus. Suzanne, when patients are working with you, what is the normal sequence of what should come first in terms of the order here? And how much does it vary by the individual? I would say it varies very much so based on the individual. So one of the things that I love about what we do here is when you come and see us, we are going to assess you personally and see what is going to be the most important factors for you. So that might be starting with counseling, that might be starting with sound therapy, that might be starting with holistic approaches. But that's one of the great things is we build our program based on your needs. And I've heard some professionals and, and myself, I would say, you know, practically speaking, we want to do all of them at the same time simultaneously right. from the beginning. So this is a common, uh, a common reason when patients can get stuck is they say, what should I do? Should I, should I work on, you know, uh, controlling my anxiety or should I do sound therapy? And we often respond both do both. And, and sound therapy can help reduce our anxiety. So yes. it, it can do for both. Absolutely. And you also see here, the holistic approach. This is our acknowledgement that meditation, taking walks, focusing on your mental health, focusing on your sleep routine, your sleep hygiene, as it's called, all of that adds uh, bits and pieces to your habituation rate. And that is so key. So we want everything that can help with tinnitus, uh, but we're really focused on 
what works for most people, the foundation, uh, proven strategies, not one-off things that you might see online or something that doesn't really hold much promise or scientific backing. Okay. Uh, sound therapy, decades of research, anecdotal and scientific literature support sound therapy as a method to help provide relief for tinnitus and help promote this process called habituation. This recent study in 2022, this year, as well as 2020, uh, there was a recent study, multiple studies that showed that after undergoing sound therapy for, these are patients who had tinnitus, that brain imaging that was performed showed that brain activity in the relevant regions measured via an fMRI, which is a type of advanced brain imaging. Those brain maps of the tinnitus group after the sound therapy treatment were at similar levels to the control group of people who didn't have bothersome tinnitus. So this, this is getting us closer, as we showed earlier, that brain map of tinnitus and how it's not just an auditory condition. It affects other areas of the brain, and those show up on brain maps for groups of people who have bothersome tinnitus. There's some deep emotional centers of the brain that are just activated from the fight or flight response, from the stress and anxiety, from, from the uh, intensity of living with the condition. And this brain imaging gives some, some physiological evidence, some, some practical evidence here to show this is not only you uh, feeling better about it, but this is your, your brain is showing the, the mechanical changes in a positive way. So this is great. And this can happen in the short term, the immediate with sound therapy, which we'll get into of how to do that, as well as the, the medium and long-term using sound therapy to promote habituation. Suzanne, would you like to explain how sound therapy works from a basic stance and then someone who wants to take it to um, the next level, so to speak? So sound therapy works because of multiple things. One, we're keeping our ear kind of busy. We're giving it another sound to listen to and to compare to that tinnitus. So there's an example on the screen here of, you know, a candle in a dark room, your tension is going to be on it 100% of the time versus on a brightly lit room, it's going to be not as bright. So kind of similar with sound, when you have another sound, the tinnitus can be not as loud in perception. Yeah. The brain is able to compare and start to literally reprogram itself like a computer and put down new neural tracks, sorry, neurons in your brain that can rewire it, if you will. Yeah. So that provides immediate relief for many individuals, as well as this long-term habituation effect, which is so crucial to get back to normal functioning. How do you use sound therapy? If tinnitus is really significant, which I imagine it is for a lot of you watching, the sound therapy is recommended to be used during the day and to help sleep at night until you reach stage four of habituation. And the most common sounds which people use are pink noise, white noise, or natural water sounds. The theory of how this will work to train the brain is that we want sounds that are really neutral or fairly uninteresting, something that can be quickly tuned out. We don't want your favorite sound to be played all the time. We don't want your favorite music to be played all the time as your sound therapy. However, listening to music is fine, of course, but how to choose your sound therapy. This is something you're going to be using constantly or consistently until you reach stage four of habituation or most hours of the day. So choosing a sound that is neutral and uninteresting is typically recommended. I would say the internet has showed us things like crickets and other more nuanced sound tracks are available for tinnitus, different beeps and soundscapes, some of them manufactured by sound engineers. 
Those can also provide soothing sounds. However, we see that patients are usually not using them all the time. They're usually relying on a more standard neutral sound like pink noise or white noise, as opposed to uh, more of these dynamic sounds. Suzanne, what kind of sounds? I know you you actually like one of the dynamic sounds. So um, what is your approach to how to choose sound therapy, what types of sounds, and then later we'll go into what kind of technology to play it from? So for what what types of sounds that really does come down to, I always call it benign, you call it neutral, something that is really not language-based. We try to, when we're doing, working on sound therapy and habituation, we're trying to stay away from language, but there's always exceptions to the rules. So something that's not language-based, something that you, when you put it on, you're like, okay, this is, this is fine. I don't really mind it at all. And one of my, I have a couple of favorite sounds, ocean waves are one of my favorites. I do like pink noise, but I like, I like frogs. <laughs> as my dynamic sound. Um, so those are some of my kind of go-tos for me. Love it. And we see here in the chat, uh, David, good to see you. Carol mentioning um, some helpful types of sounds, where to find them. That's great. Uh, for those who haven't tried pink noise, definitely try pink noise, natural water sounds as well. And some of us know that crickets can be helpful in, in soothing situations. And as Suzanne mentions, well, you have to experiment, right? Maybe you haven't tried frog sounds. Now you probably try them to use them. If you're having a spike, maybe that can come in handy, just like the cricket sounds. Devices that can deliver sound. We have white noise machines. I'm holding one here. This is about a $50 sound machine. This is something that you can have by your bedside table when you're falling asleep. That can be very effective. Or if you're sort of just starting with sound therapy, you might already have one of these. And those can play all the sound, all the sound types that we talked about. Um, there's also YouTube videos and free apps from your smartphone. The, then taking it to the next level, there are sleep headphones, sleep buds, sound pillows for nighttime. And then the gold standard or the best practice for using sound therapy to promote habituation would be ear level devices like tinnitus maskers or hearing devices like hearing aids. Um, I studied with the founder of tinnitus retraining therapy, which is the original uh, method that showed the scientific community that habituation is an effective treatment for tinnitus. And uh, what I learned just over time of studying with Dr. Jastroboff, my mentor there, and what our audiology team has learned over, over time is that the ear level devices are key to promoting habituation from a sound therapy lens that without them, it just makes it harder. We're now going to mention the other side of this. Remember, Earlier in the presentation on key number one, we mentioned that there's professional counseling, the professional one-on-one -on -one personalized coaching, and the sound therapy. So we just talked about the sound therapy. Suzanne, would you like to address what are the common pain points? What are the common challenges that um, patients bring up when they're when they're in these professional counseling sessions? And what kind of progress do you, do you see with the methods? So probably a big pain point, and I think a lot of people here can relate, is sleep. Um, and so difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, or waking up and the tinnitus is louder. And so that is one thing that we have a whole actual module on sleep, and we have homework for you <laughs> to work on your sleep. So that's definitely a, a pain point. Um, feeling anxious and how to deal with those anxious feelings. Um, so we use a lot of cognitive behavioral approaches. And I mean, there's just so many things and I'm blanking, <laughs> but those are the two that popped in my head. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've been just 
pleasantly surprised over the years about how these methods can really change someone's life for the better. Quite honestly, the professional counseling methods plus the sound therapy combined is a powerful combination and the professional counseling piece of it is an important part. So if you've been using like a sound machine on your own for, you know, a month and wondering why am I not getting better, you know, I'm not, I might not notice much change. This could be a gap, an area of opportunity for you. And our team is amazing. We, we have lots of years of experience doing tinnitus training. A lot of us have tinnitus ourselves, so we understand, um, and we've helped thousands of patients. So shout out to the trouble team. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. So current treatment options, these are protocols that are used. These therapies or tools can be used to reduce tinnitus, cognitive behavioral therapy being one of them that's focused on the professional counseling side of things. Sound therapy with counseling. These are methods like tinnitus retraining therapy, TRT, as well as the treble health tinnitus masker bundle, where in the same package, the same bundle, we put the tinnitus sound therapy ear level devices, what we call tinnitus maskers with the professional counseling piece of it. And we think of this as a modern approach to TRT, right? Via telehealth. And it's taking that counseling piece of it, plus the sound therapy, plus other approaches that help like um, holistic health, sleep, insomnia, one-on-one coaching, all that together. So CBT can emphasize things like limiting catastrophic thoughts, noticing when you're having thoughts that are not serving you, that are just happening automatically, they're just coming into your mind and recognizing them in different ways. For example, labeling certain thoughts as catastrophic. Tinnitus might feel dangerous, but it's not dangerous by itself. It's benign. It's not going to kill us. Tinnitus is a benign body sensation. So tinnitus is not the problem, but the reaction, the the subconscious brain, the deep brain's reaction to tinnitus needs to be worked on. And that's what CBT helps with. Most people learn to habituate as an important piece of the CBT as well. This is recommended by ENT doctors and other groups as well. Sound therapy with counseling. The goals here are to provide relief from the initial disturbance and annoyance of tinnitus, to direct your thoughts more positively, reduce negative emotions around tinnitus, and ultimately promote habituation so that tinnitus is perceived less and less often over time. Best practices for how to use this, again, would be the tinnitus retraining therapy, TRT, or telehealth with treble health. In reality, we are using TRT and adding other pieces to it. So we're very much in support of TRT. We also are proponents of CBT, as was mentioned earlier. I feel like we pull from the best of the best from all the research. CBT, TRT, progressive tinnitus management, we're pulling from that to use that in our program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Touching another study here, uh, a randomized control study in 2022 with 151 participants looked at the effectiveness of TRT, tinnitus retraining therapy, versus a placebo TRT, where it's counseling with non-functional sound generators. And what it found was that using the sound therapy, the sound generators, what we call the tinnitus maskers with the guided counseling led to the fastest improvement in tinnitus outcomes. Now it's not a surprise for, for the audiologists here in the room, but this wasn't obvious to us at first. We had to learn this. So if this is new to you, that's good. Let's just review that again. This study found that 
the sound therapy plus counseling, which is the tinnitus retraining model, led to a faster improvement in tinnitus outcomes as opposed to just the counseling alone. And we also know that these outcomes are better than just the sound therapy alone. All right. Now you might be listening to this and asking yourself, this is great, but I think I have hearing loss. The doctor told me I have hearing loss. Uh, The thing is that people with hearing loss and tinnitus can benefit from the sound therapy and the counseling method as well. So if you have any degree of hearing loss, slight, moderate, even severe, having the sound therapy devices plus the counseling, it's highly recommended. Now, there's some of you here in the chat who have worked with us before, who have been through our program, who are mentioning here your experiences. And you know very well that even with a slight hearing loss, uh, the devices work very well to reduce tinnitus. And you might be thinking, well, I just have a tinnitus problem. I don't really care about my hearing. And the res- the the correct positioning on this is treating your hearing, even addressing a mild hearing component, a tinnitus specialized audiologist can do certain things to devices on the ears that helps treat your tinnitus. That's why we're looking at hearing as a component to tinnitus, because it can actually lead to faster and better results for your tinnitus treatment. Super important and very common, um, very common type of condition to have to go to an ENT doctor, get a hearing test, and they tell you, you have a, a, a mild age-related hearing loss and tinnitus. And, they, and then you, they might say, the hearing loss is the cause of your tinnitus. Well, it's usually part of the cause, but there's other things going on that we you know, are experienced in, in getting into the details of with you. Finally, we have a review in 2013 that looked at 29 different studies about the effect of hearing aids on tinnitus. And they found that using hearing aids were helpful in reducing tinnitus for those who had um, some degree of hearing loss. So that's important to rely on that science. Suzanne, would you like to explain just a quick summary here in the sound therapy treatment and the, the CBT tools just to wrap it up, wrapping up this section for us? Sure. Thank you. So the, you know, with sound therapy and hearing loss, you know, there is in your anatomy, there's like these little hair cells and there's a little membrane that sits on top of them. And it just helps make better connections. It helps stop things from misfiring, if you will. It's it's recommended by ENTs and audiologists. All of us at Trouble Health do recommend getting a hearing test, seeing where you're at, getting good technology. These are all things that are going to help you, especially when you partner it with the counseling aspect. That's going to give you a comprehensive approach to helping you with your tinnitus. And these are all skills and things that we can teach you here at Treble Health. Excellent. Now, part of our presentation here is is to explain that we have these protocols in place that we know work for tinnitus, but we're also looking at different research that's either uh, in the market or in the pipeline for being available potentially um, for, for, page, for our patients. So one of them would be bimodal stimulation for tinnitus. And uh, you know, let us know here in the chat if you're live with us, um, if if you've been following this or if you have any specific questions about it. It is worth noting, this is a method that uses stimulation either on the neck or the tongue in most cases, as well as uh, listening to sounds through the ear. And that is being studied as a way to promote habituation and reduce tinnitus as well. In certain cases, it's more of a habituation-based protocol. In other cases, for uh, neck or jaw-related tinnitus, for example, it can be addressing more of the root cause of that physical somatic component. Two devices that are uh, being looked at, Neuromods Lanier, Michigan Tinnitus Device, 
and Dr. Susan Shore's research. So those are both still in the research stages, not FDA approved, no exact timeline for when that's or if that will be released, but they're um, hopefully going to be available. And we may be using them alongside our current treatment, right? If this becomes available, we're definitely sticking with the sound therapy plus counseling as a foundation and considering what can be added um, to complement that alongside it. Neosensory is another bimodal stimulation, which needs further research on the efficacy. So we're not promoting that here, but we wanted to um, introduce that here or, or bring that up. Updates on other tinnitus drug trials, um, autonomy, Odo 313, they're no longer testing the Odo 313. They, they uh, determined that the drug unfortunately failed and they stopped the uh, clinical trials and that's something that we were following closely, right? But unfortunately, that did not pan out. And frequency therapeutics, FX322, this is a, a potential you know, avenue in restoring the hearing and how that could reduce tinnitus as a byproduct. Um, they had some clinical trials that did not produce great results for hearing. They are still looking at other options. So essentially, uh, Odo313 is a no-go. And FX322 has become less likely with data that's been released in the last year. Okay, how you guys doing? We're almost done and we have uh, over 200 individuals with us. So that's great. We're at about 45 minutes into the presentation. So stick with us here as we're just about to um, get past the finish line. So key number three, learning how to get relief from tinnitus in just a few months. Now, who would like to experience that, right? Uh, we know that a lot of us in our community want just that. At this point, many of you would be excited for the opportunity to reduce tinnitus significantly. It doesn't need to go to zero for us to be satisfied or uh, for it to be worth our time for a treatment or for management or any way to promote habituation. We are all in. So if, if you are all in on that, say yes in the chat. Um, I, I just like to see that everyone's here live. I see Matthew and I see Tom. So great to see you guys. And Totally agree. Over 80% of patients who follow the methods that we laid out tonight, sound therapy, counseling, going deep into those, simplifying that, those patients are improving 80%, 80 out of 100 of them, are improving in less than three months within that three-month time window. So as was mentioned in the chat, how many of you would be interested in learning more about the newest data from individuals in our tinnitus program? Let's see Lauren, Michelle, John, Victoria, Norman, Susan, John, great. So glad to see you all here. And myself and Suzanne will now go into it. Okay, so tinnitus treatment with Tribal Health. Uh, what we do is we use ear level masking devices for sound therapy with that personalized counseling using cognitive behavioral techniques. This supports improving conditions like sleep, anxiety, stress, concentration, attention, difficulties for tinnitus. We customize the approach to promote habituation, getting us to that stage four, getting us to that next stage of tinnitus, as many of you commented on where you are right now. Using sound therapy is a core piece of what we see works for our patients. Sleep strategies, stress reduction. If you have a some, we can help you determine if part of your tinnitus is caused by a somatic or a somatosensory issue. And we can guide you on ways to improve that. Finally, sound sensitivity or hyperacusis, which is sounds like water running, dishes clanking, driving in the car. If those everyday sounds are too loud or causing pain or irritation, that could be hyperacusis. 
in which case these same methods provide relief and treatment as well. And that's also what we can help determine with our patients. Finally, holistic health and wellness for tinnitus reduction. So this is the newest research, okay? And this came out uh, in 2022 here. There were 141 patients where we measured the tinnitus functional index, which is the gold standard of how to measure tinnitus for scientific research. We measured this at the beginning when the patients came to find us. And then three months later, after working with us with the sound therapy on the ears, plus the professional counseling. Patients came to us, Suzanne, right, from all different levels, some three months with tinnitus, some three years, yeah. some five years. So it was a very you know, wide distribution of how long someone has had the condition and different severities. Most patients who um, asked for us to help were in that stage one or stage two of the four stages of habituation, meaning moderate to severe level of tinnitus. The average reduction in the TFI score was 21.5 points within three months, which we're very proud of. It's very good. The clinically significant reduction is more than 12 points. So that means that our approach here, what we laid out, the professional counseling plus the sound therapy treatment within a three-month period is improving the TFI quite significantly. And in terms of the raw number of patients out of this group that reached that clinically significant reduction in three months, it was 76 individuals. And for the other individuals, they still have time because what tinnitus retraining therapy has shown and taught over the years is that the, the absolute window of habituation for most people is between six and 18 months. That's not set in stone, but it's a guideline that if you're wondering, hmm, I'm starting to feel better, but can I still get better? That six to 18 month window is a typical time frame of how long someone will commit to this program. Now it can extend longer and sometimes it can, um, it can end shorter, but uh, Suzanne, you can add your opinion on this. The, uh, the time range there, six to 18 months is something that's pretty well um, discussed in the professional community. That's correct. And everything is like a bell curve, right? You're always going to have the majority of people being in that six to 18 months, but it is perfectly okay if you're a little bit sooner than that and perfectly okay if it's taking a little bit longer than that. And just a shout out to Dr. Tracy, who compiled a lot of this information for us. Absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. One of our senior audiologists and someone who's also very dedicated to the tinnitus community on our team. So if your doctor previously has said there's nothing you can do about tinnitus, well, I'm here to say that's simply not true. And this data, our program the dozens of success stories and testimonial videos on YouTube that we've posted. Uh, these are real people who have improved their condition. And this clearly states that there is something that can be done for tinnitus. And it's a, it's a rather simplified you know, presentation here of, of sharing that it's the professional counseling plus the sound therapy on the ears. It's not as complex as some people on the internet or some other doctors might, might make it seem to be. And that the results here, as we're showing, not only can we do something about it, but we can make a meaningful change even within three months where, you know, how many people who go to their doctors for tinnitus hear that message? Well, unfortunately not many, but we're trying to change that more and more. And you being here means that we can share that message with you. So this is one of our patients that worked with us, his name is Randy. He is an, airp an airplane pilot that develops sudden tinnitus. Some of you may, seen, may have seen his full, um, full interview on the Treble Health podcast, and he is quoted to say that Treble Health gave me hope for my tinnitus when no one else could. My medical provider told me there was no cure, which was true, 
and gave me some pills. But Treble Health provided expert counseling and therapy. Their methods provided great relief and gave me back my life. And I'm sure that hits true, rings true, no pun intended, to a lot of the sentiment in in this group right now and in our community, which is that my life has changed. I want to get it back. So Randy has used these methods and gotten his life back. And he's still working because he's not completely at stage four of habituation, but he's much, much better than where he started. And he still has uh, plenty of time to go. Mark from California shares Treble Health has helped me enormously in a fairly short amount of time when other doctors couldn't. Two months later, my anxiety is nearly gone and I'm sleeping well. At the moment, I can go hours without noticing my tinnitus and I'm hopeful that will even improve to most of my day. So this shows us that this anxiety and insomnia is such an important part of tinnitus that when we can make strides on this, even within a few months, we can turn the corner and then we're in, then we're maintaining our and, and building on our momentum and continuing our progress towards stage four of habituation. Two other quotes here from patients. First on the left, Baba, treble health has done wonders for me. Within three months, I basically habituated. I love my maskers. Those are referring to the devices shown in the picture. Steve D also has a success story related to tinnitus maskers. And he shared, I wore the treble maskers 12 hours a day. My tinnitus was a five or six in volume. Now it's a one or a two. Both of these patients showing here that after a number of months following this treatment, the treatment helps them promote habituation. That's an important point here is that it's not to say people don't get better doing nothing. They do get better, but it's usually not all the way down to stage four of habituation, or it's a more drawn out process as opposed to a targeted treatment, which makes it easier. And it typically you know, reduces the, the total time to improve and habituate to tinnitus. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.